the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The Law Offices of Selwyn Whitehead is a debt relief agency under federal law and provides legal assistance to consumers seeking debt relief under the United States Bankruptcy Code. This is Selwyn's Law. Every week at this time, we get to hear from Selwyn Whitehead. She's not just an attorney at law. Selwyn knows her stuff and doesn't shy away from the truth, even when it's ugly. Her Bay Area practice focuses on helping her clients to manage their wealth through estate and tax planning, to managing their debt through reconstruction or bankruptcy. And now, it's time for Selwyn's Law. Good day and welcome once again to Selwyn's Law. My name is Selwyn Whitehead and I'm a California Bar Admitted Attorney and also a Bankruptcy Law Certified Specialist who's been certified by the State Bar of California's Board of Legal Specialization. So in addition to my JD, I also hold a couple of master's degrees. That is to say, I am a master of the laws of taxation law and I'm also a master of the laws of intellectual property laws. Both of these great degrees were obtained from my favorite alma mater, Golden Gate University School of Law, which is located in the beautiful San Francisco, uh, beautiful downtown San Francisco. Now, because of my training, my experience, my interests, I primarily practice bankruptcy law, but I do debt wealth management, estates and trusts, real estate, and of course, taxation law. And I'm proud to say that as part of my practice, I also sometimes have the opportunity to seek out and attempt to vindicate the rights of seniors who find themselves the victims of various forms of financial elder abuse that's running rampant in our country today. So... I am not calling from the beautiful KFAX uh, uh, studios. I'm calling from my home uh, because, as you know, uh, the state of California is in uh, a lockdown. And so I'm happy to be able to reach out to you today from my beautiful home office in the beautiful Oakland, California area. So there. Now, okay, so I... um, I'm always pleased to come and talk to you about things of interest, and uh, however, I must ask you to once again please note that this show does not provide any legal advice, nor am I developing an attorney-client relationship with anyone within the sound of my voice. Instead, this is an educational forum where I hope to impart to you information that can help you seek out and find qualified legal and or financial uh, help because I believe that you really do need to have someone help you, especially if you have a legal matter that's concerning your home or how you're going to feed your kids, things about your job. So um, this, that's what this show is about, to help you think through some of the issues that you might need to know so that you won't end up going into court on your own and basically taking a gun uh, a knife to a gunfight where you will likely not come out on the high end. So that's what this show is all about. And so it's basically to help you think through the issues of your finances and, quite frankly, more often than not, the lack thereof and what you need to consider to protect your family or your small business's financial health, wealth, and money-related 
well-being as I understand these concepts in a non-threatening educational form. So today, let's get back to the number one topic on everybody's mind these days, that is to say the spread of the coronavirus, also known as COVID-19, but again, we're going to focus on the potential economic and legal impact of small business. Uh, And I hope to point out to you succinctly um, where you need to look to mitigate your risk. There's some tools out there that are available to help you not necessarily or hopefully lose all of the equity in your business uh, by looking at uh, force majeure and insurance contracts. And I want to succinctly um, go over that before we turn to a subtending topic of uh, what individuals and families uh, need to know. Uh, there's some things that are happening out there in California, especially, that might help you uh, be able to stay in your home and keep your utilities on during this um, crisis period that we're in right now. But again, I just want to succinctly go over one more time force majeure and insurance contracts for small business owners because that might be a way to mitigate your loss of income or having to shut down your business because um, our government is telling us that it wants us to stay home so we can prevent the spread of this deadly, uh, terrible disease. So force majeure, it is a French. It's derived from the French. It means a superior or irresistible power. In other words, it's an event that is a result of elements of nature as opposed to ones created by human behavior. So a contract is uh, about human behavior, human interaction between parties and what humans can do. But if there's a, a superior or irresistible power that prevents the human beings from being able to do uh, what it is that they contracted to do, that's what the French term force majeure means. Now, the term force majeure relates to and it came out of the laws of contracts. And it's frequently used in construction contracts to protect the parties in the event that a segment of the contract cannot be performed due to causes that are outside the control of the parties, such as natural disaster, or war, or a strike, or the intervening of government because of a viral infection that's spreading all across the globe. So uh, force majeure relates to contracts uh, and, again, an event that no human foresight could anticipate or which, if anticipated, is too strong to be controlled. So depending on the legal system, such an event may relieve one or both or all parties from obligation to perform under their contract. So uh, the purpose of the clause is to um, necessarily relieve people who cannot perform their contracts from the duty either permanently or temporarily. Now, you should know already thousands of Chinese or Chinese-based companies have already invoked force majeure clauses to excuse their performance due to the COVID-19 outbreak and their government's reaction. Now, whether or not 
the force majeure contracts that have uh, uh, clauses that have been implemented or declared by Chinese uh, businesses, Chinese-based businesses. They could be American businesses, but are based in China. Or if we here in the United States implement them, we don't know what's going to happen. Uh, we don't know if they're going to be able to withstand judicial scrutiny because people are going to start suing uh, to test the validity of these contracts. So I'm just putting that out there so you get to know that these are tools that can be used by lawyers to help you uh, deal with your inability to perform. But there is no case law as yet on this particular virus and this particular implementation of force majeure clauses in contracts to date. Now, specifically whether the COVID-19 constitutes a force majeure event may depend on whether the clause limits force majeure events to circumstances that prevent performance, that is to say performance is legally or physically impossible, legally impossible because the government has said you can't go to work, or physically impossible even if you want to go to work, you can't get your sub-assembly parts, or two, includes events that merely hinder or delay performance, okay? So in addition... In situations where business interruption coverage is available, the declaration of a force majeure event by a supplier or the ability of a force majeure to the insurance, that would be us, uh, as a defense to contractual performance may lead to disputes over the amount of the policyholder's loss and the efficacy of the policyholder's mitigation efforts. So what does that mean? Notwithstanding the fact that you can't get your sub-assemblies from China, say, what are you doing in the alternative? Are you just sitting on your hands, or are you looking to have the assemblies put together someplace else? All of this is going to be fought out in courts of law. Okay? So now let's look at insurance. I just want to succinctly say there's various kinds of insurance that might come into play, but you already have had to uh, uh, pay for the policy. Civil authority coverage. That's what we have right now. Civil authorities here in California has... They want us to stay home. So this coverage typically exists to uh, in, in property policies and provides coverage where civil authorities, the government prohibits or impairs access to your premises. And there's a, a physical loss. Then there's business interruption insurance. There's two types. There's traditional business interruption co- coverage that protects the businesses from loss of income resulting from the disruption of their operation. Or the second type is called contingent business interruption coverage. Now, that's a coverage for financial loss related from disruption to a business customers or suppliers. So that is the supply chain. I can't go into my office today and perform my sub-assemblies that I got from China and I can't give it off to the Department of Defense, who is my contractor. So it's contingent on the other parties to my own contracts. Now, both traditional business interruption coverage and contingent business interruption coverage require direct physical loss or damage to the insured property. So insurance companies are going to say, 
unless the property was damaged, we don't think this is a covered event. But it might just be that the virus got into uh, your plumbing or your drywalls, and that might be a way to get around that. See, lawyers are going to be fighting over this for quite a while, and I'm just giving you the heads up on it. These are policies. And then there's um, event interruption. All of these major trade shows have been canceled. There might or might not be coverage for that. You need to look at your policy. And then finally, there's trade disruption insurance. Now, TDI covers the consequential loss that results from loss of earnings, uh, uh, extra expenses, contractual penalties, and the like. And it differs from basic or uh, contingent interruption coverage uh, because it doesn't require a physical loss or, or a loss to the premises. So I hope this is helpful, but once again, I'm not providing any legal advice. I, as such, I must refer you to your own counsel to review its supplies uh, and, and, and vendor contracts to balance invoking or challenging a force majeure contract against the parties to your contract. So when we come back, we'll continue today's important topic by focusing on what's going on in state and go- local government to assist individuals and families harmed by this financial crisis, including some temporary moratoriums on evictions and foreclosures. But we're going to take a short break, and when we come back on the other side, we'll continue our discussion. Now back to Selwyn's Law. Once again, your host, Selwyn Whitehead. Welcome back to Selwyn's Law as we continue our discussion on today's topic, that is to say COVID-19, but now I want to focus on what's going on on the state and local level to assist individuals and families harmed financially by the crisis, including a temporary moratorium on evictions, foreclosures, and utility shutoffs. Now, on March 16th, that is to say earlier this week, Governor Gavin Newsom, that is to say the governor of California, for those outside the uh, um, California, you should know, um, he issued an executive order that authorizes local governments to halt evictions for renters and homeowners who are facing foreclosure. And it also is intended to slow foreclosures and also protect against utility shutoffs uh, for Californians who've been affected by COVID-19. Now, the executive order comes as Californians are experiencing substantial loss of hours or wages or layoffs related to COVID-19, affecting their ability to keep up with their rents, mortgages, and utility bills. So that's that's what it, it's about, to help you stay in your, your place and keep the heat on. Now, people shouldn't lose or be forced out of their homes because of the spread of COVID-19, is according to uh, Governor Newsom. Over the next few weeks, everyone will have to make sacrifices, but a place to live shouldn't be one of them. Uh, He went on to say, I strongly encourage cities and counties to take up this authority to protect Californians. 
Now, the order does not relieve a tenant from the obligation to pay rent or restrict the landlord's ability to recover rent that's due. The protections are in effect through May 31st, 2020, unless extended by the governor. The order also requests that banks and other financial institutions halt foreclosures and related, that is to say, foreclosure-related evictions during this time period. Now, the government's executive order asks the California Public Utilities Commission to monitor measures undertaken by public and private utility providers to implement customer service protections for crucial or critical utilities, including electric, gas, water, internet, landline telephones, and cell phones on a weekly basis. So, um, again, uh, that I was reading from a press release that was um, given out by the go- the governor's office, and I'm going to um, share with you. So, it this executive order is the backstop for counties and uh, cities and other municipalities to implement. Um, the, um, the the legislation, uh, so city councils are now free to further uh, execute on this. So it's not a done deal per se, but there's lots of persuasive authority uh, to get uh, the city and county of San Francisco, for example, is working on um, um, implementing our regulations net right now, and also uh, Los Angeles. Now, before I I came on today, I looked on um, the city of Oakland's uh, website. I didn't see anything there. So I'm, 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 I'm not trying to um, um, give false information. I'm just telling you that the governor believes that this should be done, and I'm going to read f- uh, from his executive order. It's executive order in 2820. And the governor says that whereas on March 4, 2020, I proclaimed a state of an emergency to exist in California as a result of the threat of COVID-19, and whereas despite sustained efforts, the virus remains a threat, and further efforts to control the spread of the virus to reduce and minimize the risk of infection and otherwise mitigate the effect of COVID-19 are needed, and whereas the economic impact of COVID-19 have been significant and could threaten to undermine California's housing security and the stability of California's businesses, and whereas many Californians are experiencing substantial losses of income as a result of business closures, the loss of hours or wages, or the layoffs related to COVID-19, hindering their ability to keep up with their rents, mortgages, and utility bills. And whereas Californians who are most vulnerable to COVID-19, those 65 years and older and those with underlying health issues are advised to self-quarantine, self-isolate, or otherwise remain in their homes to reduce the transmission of COVID-19. And whereas the homelessness can uh, exacerbate vulnerability to COVID-19, California must take measures to 
preserve and increase housing security for Californians to protect the public health, and whereas local jurisdictions, based on their particular needs, may therefore determine that additional measures to promote housing security and stability are necessary to protect the public and to mitigate the economic impact of COVID-19, and whereas local jurisdictions may also determine, based on their particular needs, that promoting stability amongst commercial tenancies is also conducive to public health, such as by allowing commercial establishments to decide whether and how to remain open based on public health concerns rather than economic pressures or to mitigate the economic impacts of COVID-19. And whereas in addition to these public health benefits, state and local policies to promote social distancing, self-quarantine, and self-isolation require that people be able to have access to basic utilities, including water, gas, electricity, and telecommunications at their home so that California can work from home, receive public health information, and otherwise adhere to policies of social distancing, self-quarantine, and self-isolation if needed, and whereas many utility providers, public and private covering gas, uh, electricity, water, and sewage have voluntarily announced moratoriums on service disconnection and late fees for non-payment in response to COVID-19. And whereas many telecommunications companies, including internet and cell phone providers, have voluntarily announced moratoriums on service disconnection and late fees for non-payment in response to COVID-19. Now, therefore, I, Gavin Newsom, Governor of the state of California in accordance with the authority vested in me by the state of California and the statutes of the state of California, and in particular, government code sections 8567 and 8571, do hereby issue the following order to become effective immediately. It is hereby ordered that the time limit set forth in Penal Code Section 396, Subdivision F, concerning protections against residential eventions is hereby waived. Those protections shall be in effect through May 31, 2020. Two, and any provision of state law that would preempt and otherwise restrict the local government's exercise of its police power to impose substantive limitations on residential or commercial evictions as described in paragraphs or subparagraphs I and two below, including but not limited to any such provisions of Civil Code Sections 1940 etc or 1952.25 at SEC is hereby suspended to the extent that they would preempt or otherwise restrict such exercise. This paragraph 2 shall only apply to the imposition of limitations on evictions when the basis of the eviction is non-payment of rent or a foreclosure arising out of a substantial decrease in household or business income, including but not limited to a substantial increase in household income caused by layoffs or reductions in the number of compensable hours of work or a substantial decrease in the business income caused by the reduction in op- opening hours or customer demand, a substantial and out-of-pocket medical expense, and two, the decrease in household or business income or out-of-pocket medical expenses. So I'm not going to, you know, I think I've laid it out here. It goes on for another um, uh, several words, but basically what the governor is saying 
that he is in, he's using the power vested in him by us electing him to be our governor to caution uh, businesses, uh, utilities companies, uh, landlords, both commercial and residential, that they need to heed the fact that people are losing their income and we don't want to all be out on the street. So he, he, he ends by saying, I further direct that as soon as hereafter possible, this proclamation be filed with the Office of the Secretary of State. So he signed it and he's given it off to the Secretary of State to file it as an official record of the state of California. So... With that, I'm going to leave it there for now, but I've got to tell you, we all got to look out for each other uh, during this time of crisis, and it's nice to know that our governor is doing all that he can to make sure that we have a place to stay and heat and gas to keep us warm. So take care of each other. Till next time, you know, may the peace of the Lord be with all of us during this crisis. Take care. Bye for now. Thank you for taking the time to listen to Selwyn's Law. Remember, the law office of Selwyn Whitehead is a designated debt relief agency under the federal law and provides legal assistance to consumers seeking relief under the bankruptcy code. When it comes to your finances and your rights, seek no other than the law office of Selwyn Whitehead. Selwyn is your go-to finance attorney, specializing in estate planning, wealth management, bankruptcy, tax, and real estate law. In other words, Selwyn knows her way around the dollar, and your rights are protected by our laws. Protect your money. Know your rights. Partner with Selwyn Whitehead. For immediate assistance, or if you have questions, call 510-633-1276, 510-633-1276, or go to selwynwhitehead.com. The preceding paid program is sponsored by the law office of Selwyn Whitehead, who is solely responsible for its content.